God, your patience with us is amazing. And that all the times that spiritually we've bit into something we probably shouldn't or we've fallen down or we've tripped, God asked that today, Lord, you'd give us wisdom. You'd give us understanding. God, that you'd give us a hunger for more of you. Lord, that you would hide in our heart, Lord, truly a passion that this world could never extinguish. Lord, disciple us now, we pray. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. All right. To be walking in fear, okay? Now, when you guys think of fear, what do you think of? Scared, right? Ah! Like scared. Some of you guys just were. Uh, Halloween, I love dressing up like a scarecrow sitting by our porch. When people come up to get candy, ah! it's awesome. Why? Because they get scared and it's fun. Um, But that's not the kind of scared or fear that we're talking about. What else do you guys think of when you think of fear? What do you think? A type of phobia, right? Arachnophobia. You're freaked out about spiders. Uh, I'm telling you what, man, I am freaked out about some roller coasters. I love roller coasters, but one on one a couple weeks ago that just freaked me out. Uh, It's scary. You're just questioning life altogether. You guys, well, I'm not going to ask you to make fun of yourself, but you probably have some weird phobias out here. Um, By the way, if you're afraid of spiders, you know the number one best way to get over it? Smash them with your hand. Just. I'm serious. You do it about 10 to 15 times, and you realize, dude, they ain't got nothing. They're like this big. I'm like this big. Like, no, they die that fast. They can't even bite you. It's just like, ha! Ah! Oh, they're gone. What up? What happens if what? They can't turn around and bite you. You're too slow if they turn around and bite you. Just, mm, okay? That's right. That's what we got to do with Satan, right? Just stomp it out. Um, so anyways, what are we talking about? Fear. What else? What do you guys think about fear? Um, a fear of escalators. Anybody here got a fear of heights? Yeah? Dude, I knew a little kid. He used to come to church, and he'd come up the stairs, and when he got to the top of the stairs, he would crawl all the way down the back hallway. And there's no safe place for him upstairs. But when you're in first grade, guess what? You come upstairs here, and second grade, and third. He's over it now, so that's cool. But he literally used to be like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. It was, it was sad and funny at the same time. Uh, look, fears, they paralyze us. They terrify us. They scare us. They cause us to be hesitant and unsure. And so when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, if you have in your mind, oh, man, we're supposed to be scared and unsure and hesitant with the Lord and all of these different things, you have the wrong idea of fear, okay? There's an unhealthy kind of a fear, and there is a very healthy kind of a fear, A lot of moms have healthy kinds of fears, right? Uh, If their son's playing with lighter fluid while they're camping, your mom's like, cut it out, you're going to get hurt. That's a healthy kind of a fear. Why? She knows what's about to happen or what could happen and the danger's there, and so she's afraid of what could happen Uh, in, in a positive sense. She's looking out for you. There's all kinds of positive fears. Start thinking about that in your mind. What are some things that are positive fears, things that benefit us to be afraid of them? God, okay, it is definitely good to have the fear of the Lord. Going to church, you're afraid, you have the fear of church? Okay, no, don't, just stay on topic. Fear, positive fears. God's power, all right? Prayer, okay? Guns, you should have, that's a great example. Guns are awesome. 
that they're used wrong, they're very dangerous, okay? There's a reason you're supposed to, by law, lock them up so little kids don't play with them, right? Uh, there's all kinds of stuff. Guns are great, but you should have a fear or a reverence and a respect for the fact, hey, this is cool, but this can kill you. And so you treat it very differently than you do a water pistol or a cap gun, okay? You do. It causes you, that fear causes you to have a lot more respect for it because of its power and what it can do. What's up? Criminals, right? You should be kind of afraid of criminals. Uh, you should stay, if some guy's running down the street with a smoking gun and a bag of money, you shouldn't be like, hey man, what's your name, dude? And like, yeah, just like, hey, uh, just call the cops and back off, all right? Gasoline and fluids? Yeah, if the gas station blows up, you shouldn't run towards it. You should run away from it. Right, yeah, I love backpacking. Up in the mountains, I love backpacking. But what we don't do is sleep with our food in our tent because there's little fuzzy animals called bears who like your food. And so you hang in a tree far away because you just don't want to die, okay? Um, what else? What do you got? Earthquakes. Uh, gosh, I have mixed feelings about earthquakes. I've learned to like them almost, but I haven't been in ones where buildings are falling down, obviously, but yeah. Fire. Fire's good, but fire should be controlled. Authority, right? Police officers and firefighters and military, definitely. All right. Uh, last one. Hurricanes. All right, there's power. You got to board up your windows and run the other way. You should be afraid of it. You don't be out there like, I dare you, bring it on, hurricane. And all of a sudden, you're just like, boom, gone, okay? That's, that's, don't read the Bible about people who tempted God. It's not good, okay? What were you going to say, Dave? Tornadoes, yeah, same thing. If you're not afraid of tornadoes and you just stand out there, it's one of my lifelong dreams, top 10. I want to make some kind of bulletproof glass bubble with tons of rubber bands inside that you hold on to so you're like in the middle of it all strapped up. And then you get sucked up in a tornado, but you can see everything. And when you land, it's like... But yeah, dude, tornadoes. If you don't have a healthy fear of tornadoes, you're probably going to die. And so there's unhealthy fear, and then there are healthy fears. Phobias, things that cause us to be hesitant and paralyzed and to run the other direction and to be unsure and to second-guess ourselves. But then there's healthy fears like fire, the healthy fear. If you see lightning coming down and you're in a pool, get out, all right? Why? It's in your best interest. These are healthy kinds of fears. And so we talk about the fear of the Lord. Don't have a phobia in mind. Don't think I'm supposed to be hesitant and second-guessing and unsure with the Lord. No, you should be very sure, but understanding his power and his might and his love and his grace and his mercy helps us understand, man, he has a power to be reckoned with. He has a love that is to be envied, and he is none other than the creator God himself. There is none like Jesus. To be walking in fear is to be constantly knowing that he is leading He's got to be leading. If the Lord is not leading, you are lost. I promise. If the Lord is not leading, you are lost. To be walking in fear, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12, says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? Wouldn't you like to know, like, God, what do you want me to do? You ever ask God, Lord, just show me what to do, please? Just show me what to do. I'll do anything. What does he require of you but to fear the Lord your God, that he is leading, that he is first, that he is above all, to walk in all his ways and to love him, 
to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. God says, look, this is what I'm requiring of you, to walk in fear and to love me, to let me lead you. And if God's not first and everything else is not dead last, we've been led astray. Deuteronomy 13 just a couple of verses or chapters later, says, and you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. You don't hold fast to what you're uh, fearful of or have a phobia of. You're not like petting spiders, right? I love you, little spider, right? You're not petting rattlesnakes and uh, camping out on roller coasters. Like, you're running from that kind of a stuff. And so, in our minds, we have this contradiction, but in fact, God says, no, 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 walk after me. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast. Don't let go. Psalms eighty-six, eleven says, teach me your ways, O Lord. Isn't it awesome? The first few commandments but now it should be the compulsion of our heart. God says, hey, I want you to walk in fear, and we should be like, sweet, Lord, help me walk in fear because that's what I want to. And this prayer goes out, teach me your ways, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. That when it comes across, like if someone else's mom called you up and was like, clean your room, you'd be like, no. It doesn't work that way. Your own mom comes home, is like, you better clean your room. You're like, on it. Hopefully, at least you should be. Why? It's a different person. And when the Lord, your God, to fear his name, it means that when he speaks or when he directs or when he teaches or he guides, it means that we're like, yes, sir, Lord, absolutely, you got it. Deuteronomy 8, 6. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord, your God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. Still on this, like, fear him thing. What does a healthy version of fear him look like? Have you guys ever been hiking in the mountains along a cliff or you guys have ever tried slacklining or tightrope walking? You guys saw the guy like a year and a half ago who tightrope walked across, uh, was it the Grand Canyon? That guy's crazy. Oh yeah, he's fine. He's good. He did it. Yeah, he, he, they strung a rope or some kind of cable across the Grand Canyon and he walked on that thing all the way across Every step. You think he had a little bit of fear? Absolutely. Fear causes you to be careful. The right kind of fear doesn't cripple you, doesn't paralyze you, doesn't hinder you or make you second guess what you're doing, but it does cause a little bit of caution so that when you take the next step, it's not to the left, it's not to the right, it's right before you. And that is exactly what Proverbs says. It says, keep your feet from slipping to the right or to the left, keep your eyes right before you, straight ahead, to walk in fear. There's a healthy kind of a fear. If you're walking in the mountains, there's a cliff on the side. Yeah, you probably shouldn't blindfold yourself and just go for it, man. You look where you're going. You're mindful of your steps, and you think about your surroundings. That's exactly how a Christian is supposed to live their life. A Christian should look at the next steps they're going to be taking, decisions. They should be looking at what's going on around them, the opportunities, the people, the temptations, the trials, whatever it is, and they should proceed with caution, letting the Lord lead. Fear. We broke it up, right? How do you spell fear? Anybody know? F-E what? 
F-E-A-R. Okay, you guys officially passed the spelling test. You can throw it up there. F-E-A-R. There it is. Uh, we broke it down for you guys. A couple words to remember. How do we take this idea of walking with the Lord and being cautious with our steps? Let's call steps decisions, all right? Uh, the steps that we take now aren't honestly, they're not tangible steps. If you're in a wheelchair, you can still walk with the Lord, all right? If you're crippled, you still walk with the Lord. Your steps are your decisions that you make, who you hang out with, how you respond to mom and dad, if you do your homework or not, or whatever, okay? You can fill it in. It's the decisions you make. So how do we walk with God in our daily lives? How do we fear him? We broke it down for you guys. The first word is going to mean that you find. We'll talk about what that means in a minute, okay? The second word, you can put it up there, it means that we're going to examine. The third one, the A, we're going to align something. And the last one, the R word, is to respond. So we're going to find, we're going to examine, we're going to align, and we're going to respond. And this should be something that you're constantly doing all the time. It's very easy. It's not hard. It's simply being mindful of the things around you. It's simply asking the Lord, hey, can you show me what to do and what's going on? It's growing a little bit in the word. And with that, God will bring you closer and closer and closer into his likeness and keep you not on that broad road that leads to destruction and hell, but keeps you right in the center of that narrow road that leads to everlasting life. We're looking at a guy named Mr. Peter, all right? You guys know about Peter? The first one, find talks about finding, specifically, find out what God desires. No matter what it is, find out what God de desires. If you have a decision to make and you have time to think about it, or maybe it's momentary in that very instant, you only have seconds to respond to a situation, um, come up with something. What is something in your head you have to make a decision about someday? Chigi. What college to go to? That's a good one. What else? What food you should eat, okay? What else? A job you're going to get. Noah? Who you should marry? Homework. Like, if you should do it or not? Honestly, how many of you guys, you're like, <laughs> how many of you guys are contemplating finishing your homework tonight? You're like, tonight, tomorrow morning, tonight, tomorrow. Uh, you know, I could just maybe, dog may, ate my homework. Um, what else? What else is going to happen in the next six months, okay? Someone attacks you, like they jump on you, like with a knife. They try and what? They try and punch you. You're at school, some guy pushes you into the locker, all right? What are you going to do? Someone's criticizing you, making fun of you. Uh, they're bullying you, or they're pushing you around, or they're making your life just miserable. How do you deal with that? That happens. What to name your baby, all right? We prayed about that. We definitely asked the Lord. It's his baby. He should name it. Whether or not to fight back, all right? Uh, or honestly, when you say that, how many of you guys, without your sister or brother hitting you first, are tempted to be like, I'm just gonna, you know what? I know you're going to hit me, so I'm hitting you first. We all go through. I still go through that. Anyways, you're like, oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's a kid at school giving you a hard time, if it's a homework assignment that you don't want to do, if it's so far as to who you're going to marry uh, or kids or anything, this is how you make sure you're walking with the Lord, that you're keeping him first and that the fear of God is real in your life. Yes, sir. Friends, dude, I'm surprised no one said that. That's huge. 
How many of you guys have actually prayed about and asked God, do you want these friends to be my friends? All right, I'm impressed. How many of you guys are like, honestly, they're just my friends. I never really thought about it. I'd put both my hands up. That happened. I mean, in school, it's like, hey, I get along with these guys. This is cool, all right? You be careful. Cool is not always right. Ask the Lord to show you. Let him lead. But when he leads, sometimes he leads in ways we don't want to go. So there's a conflict. To walk in fear. Find out what God desires. Matthew chapter 4. We're going to look at Peter. He learned all of these things, these four things about fearing God. He messed up just like we've messed up. uh, But he learned a few cool things. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, 19, and 20. All right, you guys are there? Matthew 4. And find it. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. What did Peter do? Look at verse 20. What did he do? Immediately he followed him. Good job. He immediately followed him. Did Jesus invite him? Hey, come after me, I'll make you fishers of men? Yeah, of course. And tonight's Jesus is saying, Hey, Follow me, begin to fear me, begin to think, Lord, what do you have for my life and what should I be doing and how should I be responding? God, lead me. You know what is awesome, so awesome about letting the Lord lead is there's an incredible amount of freedom that comes along with it. When you let the Lord lead, and as Peter did here with his brother, look at Jesus invited it, he initiated it, but Peter had to respond. And so tonight you're gonna have to respond. You'll either say, no, I'm good. I like to sit here mending my nets, kind of just playing around with my own life, or you'll be willing to set it all aside and follow Jesus tonight. But he invites him to come. And it is amazing how freeing it is to follow Jesus. Why? Because when you're following Jesus, you're not following what's popular today, but not tomorrow. You're not following what people say you should do, but you're following what the Lord says you should do. You're not following your own desires into sin or temptation, but you're following the Lord into holiness. It's so freeing. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You don't got to play cool guy or cute girl or whatever it is. It's awesome. It is amazing. It's freeing. But he immediately responds to find out what more Jesus had. Jesus invites him, but he responds. He finds out, and we got to find out what does God desire. How do you find out what God desires? You follow him, but how do we do that? Like, literally, I mean, I get it. We follow him. How do we find out what God desires? You read a Bible, okay? The whole thing in one day. They say that if you read the Bible without stopping, you'd cover to cover read the whole thing in only 72 hours. It only takes 72 hours to read the whole Bible out loud, which is slower than in your head. Isn't that crazy? So by Friday, I want every one of you to have read through the entire Bible, all right? That's my, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but hey, within a year, we should be able to jam through this thing. I mean, that's not even, that's like good grief, 15 minutes a day, taking weekends off probably, like we should get through this. You don't have to read a ton. Just start taking it in. You guys eat breakfast, right? Bible and breakfast. They both start with a B. Maybe they should go together. I don't know. Like, don't eat breakfast without reading your Bible at the same time. Like, just fit it in. Brush your teeth and read your Bible at the same time. Like, literally. Yeah, well, don't like this. Like this. But start reading your Bible. Get it in. 
Start in the Gospels. He says, look, if you're going to start following me, and I'm inviting you to, and to walk in the fear of God, it's not a bad thing. It's not a phobia. It's not a fear. It's not going to cause you to be hesitant. In fact, it's the opposite. We'll find out next week. It's going to give you courage and boldness and uh, incredible amounts of just confidence. It is amazing. But God says it starts off, you've got to follow me. You've got to follow me. You cannot go with me unless you go with me. So find out. What does God say? What does God say about mom and dad? What does God say about the bully and when he's mean to you? What does God say about that guy or that girl in temptation? What does God say about marriage? What does God say about homework and school and authorities above you? What is, he talks about all of it. If you started reading 10 minutes a day, you could answer all those questions by the end of the month, I guarantee you. No problem. But that we find out. The second word, all right, so the first thing we do, we find out what God desires Remember what the E stood for? Examine. Examine. Good job. Examine what? Examine yourself. We're so good at examining people around us, right? He's cool. She's not. He's buff. He's fat. He's skinny. She's funny. She's weird. Her nose and his eyebrows and blah, 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 blah. It goes on. We're so good at it. God says, dude, cut it out. Who are you to judge one another? You have no clue how anyone's doing in their walk with God to examine ourselves. And Peter is told to do this a couple times. It's kind of eye-opening. Matthew chapter 16. It's just a couple of pages over. Find Matthew chapter 16. But to examine, to take a look, to be still and to let God search your heart. Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. You guys there? Verse 23. Actually, take a look uh, at verse 22. Okay, little backstory. Jesus is there. He starts sharing with the disciples, hey, we're going to Jerusalem. Things are going to get kind of crazy. They're going to make fun of me. They're going to mock me. They're going to persecute me. Eventually, they're going to crucify me and kill me, but I'm going to come back the third day. And Jesus, or Peter's there, and he hears Jesus, and he's like, uh-uh. No way. This is not happening. And so then, look at verse 22. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Can you imagine? Peter's like, Jesus, can I talk to you for a minute? Uh-huh. I heard you talking over there. That ain't going to happen. You're wrong, God. God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Imagine Jesus. I wonder, I wonder if you got like, I don't, I don't think so. I think he probably just started smiling, shaking his head. Peter, man. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Some quick heart searching real fast. Peter's like, Lord, uh, you're wrong, by the way, and I'm right, and this is not happening. No way. And Jesus says, you're being like Satan right now. You only care about the things of man. You don't care about the things of God. Cut it out. Get in the back of the line. Oh, man. Now, look, isn't that the right thing, though? What if Jesus was like, poor deceived little Peter, you just keep being deceived. You'll see. No, God doesn't do that. And if, look, if we're willing to follow and we find out, and then we say, Lord, show me what's right. Examine my heart. It happens again. Gosh, Peter's crazy, man. It happens again. Flip just a couple more pages to chapter 26, Matthew 26. Following Peter through the Gospels, Matthew chapter 26. A similar situation, Peter opens his mouth, 
At this point, he's promised that no way, I'll never leave you, even if everyone forsakes you, even if everyone turns their back and everyone takes off. Verse 34, no way, not me. Verse 33 and 34, Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. What is that attitude called? Yeah, that is pride. Even if everyone fell down, I'm not falling down, Jesus. Even if everyone turned their back, <laughs> not me. Couldn't Jesus be like, man, didn't you learn when I called you Satan? Didn't you learn about that whole thing? Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times, Peter. When we allow the Lord to examine our lives, sometimes it hurts a little bit. But it's necessary. It's necessary for a doctor to cut out cancer, to reset a broken bone. It's necessary. And that if we're going to fear God and let God be the leader, and so we're going to follow him, and we're going to say, Lord, I don't, I don't know about this next step. I'm going to find out what you say. I'm going to examine my heart and see, does it line up with the word of God or not? Is it what I want or is it what you want? Sometimes it's not what we want. Sometimes we find out, oh, man, I'm being prideful right now. Oh, man, mom's not as dumb as I thought she was. And, oh, man, dad's right. And, oh, my little sister, yeah, I mean, she's bugging me, but I found, it's my fault. It's my fault. I'm a jerk. It's amazing. God will expose. He'll show you. You're gonna deny, you're, you have walked away. You're farther away than you think. 2 Corinthians 15, or sorry, 13, verse 5. This is examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith says, you better take a deep look, man. Are you a Christian or are you not? Are you following Christ or are you not? It says, test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Do you know it? Do you know it that in your heart is this intent to follow God? Galatians 6, 4 is a very similar thing. It says, but let each one examine his own work, the way you live your life. Take a look. How are you living your life? Sit down with God and lay it all out. Lord, how's my relationship with mom and dad and sister and brother? How's my relationship with teachers? How's my relationship with you? How's my relationship? What's Lay it out. He'll show you. He is amazing, but he will show you. To find out what God says, look in the word. Fearing God starts with following him through his word. Let him examine the intents of your heart. The second, or the third thing, sorry, the A. <clears throat> so the first one, put it up there. Examine yourself. Second, or sorry, <laughs> find out what God desires. Second, examine yourself. The third one, what's the A stand for? Align yourself with God's will. This one, uh, the more you do it, the more you love it. Because you'll begin to search, Lord, what do you say? Then the second thing happens, you examine yourself and you find out like, uh-oh, I took a wrong turn. Dang it. I got a flat tire. Oh, shoot. I shouldn't have been mean or I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have responded or I shouldn't be hanging out with these people or listening to this music or watching these movies or, I mean, that list can go on and on and on. God will show you. I have no doubt in my mind at all. The Holy Spirit will totally convict you of whatever it is. 
but it really comes down to aligning yourself with God's will. <coughs> to walk in fear means that when you find out you're wrong, you make it right. When you find out that you and God are not agreeing, you agree to agree with God. You don't agree to disagree. Well, Lord, I know what your word says, and I'm going to camp out over here because I know what I want. So let's just agree to disagree. You're out of your mind. To fear God means, Lord, I don't like apologizing to people. My sister deserved to be punched, uh, or the cat deserved to be kicked, or I didn't, that homework was dumb. I didn't want to do it, or whatever. My teacher was being mean. I, I didn't have to listen to her. It has nothing to do with it. You're a child of God. That's it. And the Lord says, hey, humble yourself and apologize. What? Yeah, you're being prideful like Peter. Cut it out. Oh, man. It's to take when we are wrong and make it right by God. John chapter 6. Take a look. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 6, verse 68. But Simon Peter answered him, and Peter talks too much. You want to be smart? Don't talk too much. But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, and this is sweet though. Everyone had begun to leave Jesus some hard things. He basically let him know, it's going to be hard to follow me. It's not going to be popular. It's going to be tough. And it literally says people who were at one time following Jesus were like, ah, forget that. They turn around and go home. And one after another, people begin to depart, and they begin to walk away from the Lord, and they kind of give up on Jesus. But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Jesus asked him, you guys want to go too? This is it. You're free to go. This is your chance. Walk away. Peter answered him said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ. You're the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of the living God. He got it. He finally got it. It clicked. You are the Lord. I'll follow you anywhere. Where else am I supposed to go? You're it. Look, find out. Find out what God says. If you're like, okay, Lord, I'm in this. I want to I find out. Find out what God says. Go to the next slide. Find out what God says. Examine yourself. Lay it out before the Lord often, daily. If you're walking around or you're doing yard work uh, or you're watching TV or you're whatever, feeding the dogs, Lord, how am I doing? What's going on? Speak to me. Even if it's a minute, just, Lord, how am I doing? And if he shows you that you're off, align your will with God's will. And then the last thing, what was the R? Respond. You've got to respond as Christ would respond. You've got to learn to respond as, well, I don't want to do that. Well, no one asked you what you want to do. You're responding as Christ would respond, not as you would respond. Acts 4.13, this is the last verse, check it out. You've got to flip a little bit more, but Acts 4.13, this is cool. Oh, okay, things are getting crazy. The disciples are now being given a really hard time for following the Lord and for sharing the truth. Jesus is now in heaven, but verse 13, 
they just got done basically preaching the gospel, and they, there was no fear at all. They just let it fly. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that these were uneducated and untrained men, they weren't brilliant scholars and professors. They were normal guys. They marveled. They were blown away, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. What was the difference? They had been with Jesus, and they didn't turn their back. We've got to find out what does God say. If we're going to fear him, you've got to find out what he's like, find out what he says. Examine yourselves and say, Lord, where am I at with you? Tonight, right now, as we begin in worship, if you want to sit down and be still, or you want to get to the side, or you want to come up, or you want to slide to the back, or whatever, and say, Lord, I'm laying this stuff out. Show me where I'm wrong. Show me where I'm off. And let him search your heart. Tonight, do it. But only if you're willing to align things. Say, Lord, okay. All right. Show me. And I'll do what you say to do. And that when you leave this place, if it's mom, if it's dad, if it's brother, if it's sister, if it's just a tiny little adjustment you need to make in life, or maybe it's sin that you need to get rid of, that tonight you respond the way Jesus would respond, and you get rid of it, or you make it right, okay? Let's, let's pray. We're going to worship a little bit. If you guys need prayer, if there's stuff going on that you know needs to be made right, we would love to pray with you guys. We'll be in the back. But the next few minutes as we worship, I want to challenge you guys. Consider it. Lord, where are you at? You can hit the lights. Father, it's amazing. We can justify our sin, no problem. If someone's mean to us, then we feel like we have the right to be mean back. If someone's disrespectful, we feel like we don't need to respect them. Lord, somehow, <clears throat> if no one knows about our sin, we feel like it's not that big a deal. And yet, Lord, we confess tonight we're wrong. And Lord, we confess tonight we live way too much for ourselves. Lord, ask that you would put in us that desire to follow after you. To open up our Bibles in the morning, Lord, and just see what you have to say. God, that tonight our worship, Lord, it would be a very holy and real offering of praise and sacrifice. And that our thoughts, Lord, the meditation of our hearts, Lord, it would all be acceptable to you tonight. Lord, if there's things that were to make right, God, things were to change, to get rid of, Lord, tonight may it be the night. Lord, just give us that freedom, we pray. Lord, and the courage to respond. We lay it down at your feet tonight, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.